Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and today is all about Amazon, and I am thrilled to be speaking with my guest and really excited about this topic. This episode is brought to you by e-commerce influence. If you enjoy my podcast, you've got to check out e-commerce influence hosted by my friend, Austin Brauner. Austin interviews world-class e-commerce operators like native deodorant founder Moise Ali, Movement Watches CEO Jake Kassan, and Pura Vita Bracelets founder Griffin Thal. He deep dives into what's working right now to scale your business, and he offers a refreshing break from the crushed culture plaguing our industry. The e-commerce influence podcast will not only change your perspective on building your business, It'll change your perspective on what's possible for your life. I've known Austin for years. He's the real deal. And he's someone you need to listen to if you're serious about growing your business. Check out the e-commerce influence podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. My guest and I first met through a mutual friend of ours, the legendary Jared Mitchell. And so Jared made the connection. And when Jared makes a connection, I pay attention, right? I think I think everybody does. And so uh, Andrew Morgans is with me today. He's the founder of Marknology, an Amazon brand accelerator. So we're going to talk about, you know, what are top brands doing on Amazon right now? And hey, we may riff into to really anything and everything e-commerce. We're both e-commerce guys, so anything is is fair game at this moment. But with that, Andrew, welcome to the show, man, and thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get into, uh, um, you know, kind of what the the brands are doing. I have a lot of fun talking about strategy as it relates to Amazon. I think um, there's a lot of like light bulb moments with e-com guys that maybe aren't living in the day-to-day of Amazon. And so, um, you know, it's just kind of fun to share what some of the other brands are doing, what we're doing, and um, even what some other agencies are doing. I talk to a lot of other Amazon agencies and we get into stuff. Yeah, it's really cool, and, and we're you know we're an Amazon agency as well, and I know we've got a little overlap between what we do and what you do, which is which is awesome. And so, but you've got a real front row seat, you know, running the the brand accelerator. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. Before we do though, let's let's get like your you know sixty second background. I know you're you're kind of a legend in online marketing. How, how did you get how did you get started, and how did you end up here? You know, helping Amazon brands. Okay, so I'll skip the long story and start with, you know, kind of helping brands for the last nine years um, on Amazon. I um, I got a degree in computer science, networking and security, um, started out in, uh, as a NOC technician, um, you know, at MasterCard Global and, um, you know, pretty prestigious companies as far as dotting that line on a resume. Um, and I was overwhelmed by what that meant. Um, I had I had been in the kind of touring, playing music, and um, finally got my degree and was jumping into the corporate world and um, was overwhelmed. But once I was in there about two or three months uh, and kind of picked up some of that tribal knowledge of what the other guys that were, you know, were doing and what the ropes looked like, I, I honestly felt like if I wasn't being held back, I could outperform in the room um, in regards to just doing the job. It wasn't that hard of a job. It was kind of like watch the networks and um, see if they break. And if they do, start reporting on it and call, you know, project manage the solution out. And um, after about a year of that, I just had enough. And I was like, if this is IT, this is kind of not for me. And I didn't know what IT could be. I didn't know about e-commerce at that time. Um, I moved from Kansas City to Tampa, Florida and took a job at a startup. Um, 
I had knock technicians blowing me up for jobs. Um, safe, you know, the kind that like give you back rubs and Red Bulls and stuff at work. And that culture sounded <laughs> that fun sounds to me. sort of nice. Red Bulls right? and back it rubs, did. can complain. It did. Like it really did. And they were literally pitching me that in the interviews and stuff. And I kind of wanted that environment. I was in a new city starting a new life and like having coworkers and that kind of culture was like enticing. Um, but I didn't want to go back to that job. And um, so I, I went to this, this startup company and they uh, were a car parts uh, website, you know, they had four or five different sites and we sold everything from hitches to aftermarket car parts and, um, you know, all that. And there wasn't a lot of car parts online nine years ago, not really. And um, I'd like to think I'm personally responsible for several million of the parts that are there today, yes. you know, um, you know, con- we, were con- credit. we were contacting brands like mom and pop shops being like, do you have photos? Like, are your parts online? We'd love to have them on our site. And so I was learning kind of that, that call to a manufacturer or that call to a brand and telling them that we want to optimize their stuff. And at that time we were, um, we were just like drop shipping a lot. So we put their parts up, organize them, have them fit the right makes and models. And when people ordered them, we placed a, a call into that company and get it ordered. We, then we started private labeling. We started bringing stuff from China, like tonal covers and trailer wheels and trailer lights and things that had big margins that we were moving a lot of. Um, I was there for a little over a year, but I learned a ton. You know, we I did over a million in sales with those, you know, just on eBay and Amazon with what I was putting up. And um, Life Event took me back to Kansas City. And um, I started at U.S. Toy Company, which is like kind of a, a mid-size uh, retailer, 300 employees or so at the time, eight brick and mortars. And um, they had traditionally been a catalog business. So challenge number two, right? One was like, None of these these car park companies have any digital assets or anything like that. No photos, no descriptions, nothing. Number two, we had photos, but they were like photos for a catalog or very small descriptions to fit as much as you can in a catalog. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different so layout. It's just like know? a schematic, like a sketch. We were with some auto parts companies and it's like, this is not going to really work on econ. Okay, so that was definitely with the auto, but now I'm in the toy, the toy business here in Kansas City. And the toys and the catalogs was traditionally like toys were sold through catalog way back when. And this was a a company that had a lot of reach back then. They did everything from outfitting preschools to um, like the Chuck E. Cheese type toys to more toys like Lego and Thomas the Train. I know way more about toys than I ever should probably. (laughs) Um, But they had issues too in regards to like digital assets. So it was huge overload to take four brands and get photos and copy and all this stuff. But um, plug me in. I was hired for kind of my experience on eBay and Amazon at my last startup. Came in, we started optimizing things like that, um, getting logistics, using FBA, using Amazon advertising when it came out, and um, grew sales by 1.3. And they'd already been cruising at several million in sales, like kind of plateaued for a while. So to see Lyft was a big deal. Um, And it was there that I started freelancing, got top 10 in the world on a site called Upwork at the time. Um, in the marketing category, I think I was just really the only Amazon person in the marketing category that was US based, honestly, at the time, a lot of people were building Amazon stores, but they're doing it for themselves. So, um, I was helping a bit of humility on your part, but also I love the transparency and, and, and yeah, it's still, it's still a newer game, right? So sometimes it's hard. Like we try to hire seasoned Amazon ad specialists and it's, they're really hard to find. So it's it's hard, but the ads have only been out, you know? Um, if you haven't been all in, if it hasn't been the only thing you're doing, if you've been like at a company where you're doing a lot of different things, um, 
you know, how can you be an expert at something uh, that's so new? You know, you can't even really take courses on it or, or go to a university or anything. So um, I just started doing these jobs and Upwork works just like Amazon in some ways where if you're getting reviews and you're getting positive feedback and you're getting people that are booking you, um, they continue to promote you. And so it was there that I got client like Adidas. Adidas kind of had that light bulb moment for me where I'm like, if Adidas is hiring me to help them on Amazon and they have these massive agencies. That's, that's crazy too. That's interesting. There wasn't, there were not Amazon agencies. There were not marketing agencies that had Amazon arms or branches of it. There were not Amazon conferences like Prosper at Vegas. There was barely even e-commerce conferences, much less mm -hmm. Amazon. Um, and so I was capitalizing on it and I kind of just, I was getting results. And if you're ever, if you've ever been a freelancer, ever doing a, a side job or a project for someone, it goes way better when you're successful, right? Like, you know, and so I was, I was doing affiliate marketing. I was doing email marketing. I was doing web because my passion is e-commerce really in general, but, um, across all those projects, every time I did an Amazon project, I was winning. And it was like, we were selling stuff. They were wanting to keep me on, wanting to keep me hired. Um, and so I just went all in on Amazon. That was probably about a little under, a little over seven years ago and um, started building Marknology. I, I knew I couldn't learn everything myself as a consultant. So I, I early on knew I wanted a team. I'm kind of more of a team player myself. Um, and I wanted a team so I didn't have to obsess about everything graphic related or I didn't have to obsess about writing copy and SEO. I didn't love it. I loved the science behind it. I didn't love doing it. Yep. And so yep. I started building a team um, to mirror a lot of what's needed on Amazon. And that's how Marknology came about. Um, we've worked with over 300 brands, um, managed over, you know, 200 plus million in sales on the platform and, and really starting out with tiny brands, like to yep. even get to those numbers, like the brands that were embracing Amazon were the ones that were really looking outside the box, ones that were really trying to either private label or just yeah. find another opportunity because they weren't finding opportunity. It wasn't the big... Adidas of the world being like, right. here's, you know, here's a hundred million. Yeah. yeah. Like it's happening they, they now. 1P or something. They're working directly with Amazon, not, not on the marketplace. Yep. So, uh, okay. We're really excited to dive in. And another thing that we have in common, other than just being uh, buddies with Jared Mitchell is we're both from KC. So yes. uh, KC Mo shout out. Uh, I grew up in Springfield, Missouri, which is where MG is headquartered, but I was born in Kansas city. All my family's from Kansas city. So, uh, go Chiefs, go Royals. Homegrown. Yeah, let's man. Go. Homegrown. That's right. That's right. So let's let's dive right in and let's let's look at you know what are top brands doing on, on Amazon. And so when you take on a new client, so someone comes to you, they want to use your brand accelerator, they want to they want to tap into the brain of Andrew Morgan's and team, and you start optimizing, you start looking for growth opportunities. What are what are some of the most common levers you pull first or things you do to really start to improve and scale that brand? I'm sure there's several, but what are kind of the most common? Well, it does start out with the conversation with the brand. And I know that sounds basic, but like there's, it's, it's very important to understand what their goals are on Amazon, what their hiccups have been, what their roadblocks have been, um, what's been working, what's not. Because um, I can come in and look at metrics and there's not always red flags. There's not always like a clear direction on where to go. Um, so it's super important to just understand what's going on at their companies. As I get into manufacturers and brands, I'm learning that it's not just what's being done on Amazon. It's what's happening internally at their company. Okay, so they might have an issue, I say issue, but they might have some stuff to overcome with their sales team. They might have some stuff to overcome with their accounting or financial team. And it's really like those people that are, let's say, giving the e-commerce manager or even the CEO of that company the most struggle, the most hassle, the most like 
issues to getting, you know, getting an e-commerce. They can't understand it. They don't know how to make sense of it. They don't know how to, you know, they might be a North American distributor for a company in France and be having map pricing issues from 1P to 3P and not understand what's going on. Well, I'm not going to see that initially. Right. right, like yeah. in an audit. Just, so just looking at the data, looking at ACOS, looking at tacos, and like, you're not going. You don't know the story. I'm not going to get any of the politics. And understanding the politics can kind of tell me what to focus on for that company and what to make them feel comfortable with early on. So that's just a little veteran trip. I'm sure everyone has their own way of doing that, but for me, it's not just like here. It's our way or the highway. It's really trying to figure out what their pain points are. Um, growth is going to be what I'm going to naturally go to, right? So if it's not growth, I want to know what else is is an issue. Um, then whenever we're like into the account, we've gotten access. Um, I'm trying to plug all my tools in. I'm trying to plug in my advertising tools. I'm trying to plug in my reporting tools. I'm trying to plug in my analysis tools. Um, so they can start gathering data. And, you know, as I get plugged in, I can start um, using that data to make decisions. But as early on as possible, I want to start getting data from, from the brand, whether that's advertising keywords, whether that's sales reports, sales numbers, um, you know, conversion rates, things like that. So I'm in, um, you know, and the things that we're focusing on are first, in my, in my opinion, the product detail page, unless they say, hey, we're losing money left and right on advertising, jump in and stop the bleeding, right? At first, it's going to be, let's get the product pages looking great. And so that if someone has a thousand SKU catalog, um, we're not taking all thousand. I think that's one of the big issues with the big brands is that they want you know, they want to focus on the big picture and make changes that affect everything. But that's not how Amazon works. And Amazon works in kind of a one-to-one kind of way. It is. Um, So, you know, it's identifying in those early conversations as well. What are your top sellers? You know, what are products that we should focus on first? Like, what would you like us to to really optimize? And traditionally, it's like, you know, take five or 10 ASINs, start focusing on those, everything from imagery that captures attention. Um, give a shout out to a partner, uh, pickfoo.com. Um, it's a way you can have kind of Amazon customers evaluate, you know, the seven images on your Amazon, or maybe you have 10 or 15 you're thinking about and really get customer feedback on what they liked about those photos, what they don't. We take it to that level. Um, you know, so my, my visual director and that team is digging in and really evaluating their photography. Is it good for Amazon? Um, and actually, quick shout out the guys from PicFu were on the yeah. podcast okay. long, long ago. But yeah, great, great guys based, based in San Francisco where they were at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've only worked with the ladies on the team. So, okay. uh, but they do awesome work. And it's just really like, cool. you want to take yourself to the next level. You want to, um, you know, really dominate, take that extra time and use a service like PicFu and, and have some customers give you some real feedback. Um, as we start dealing with bigger brands and manufacturers, I have less issues with like that artist really holding on to their photos because yeah, they're the yeah. ones that did them. Um, but it's super important. And I'm, I'm starting with photos, even though we're both like ads guys, like I know OMG is like strong on the ad side, but, um, the photos play a part into the ads. It's the part. first image that you see. Um, I only avoided it because I didn't really have anyone on my team that, could do it in-house. And so it was, I needed to rely on the brand to go out there and get good photos and, and really dictate what needed to be happened on Amazon. I would show them examples, um, but it just wasn't executing very well. And now that we have it in-house, um, it's not even about being, it being a profit center and me talking about it in that way. It's like literally maybe the most important thing on Amazon next to the copy and stuff. So, um, you know, we're a lot of times we're tying in the value proposition of the products, the bullet points, for example, maybe the headers of those bullet points are like what's really important, pulling those into the photos. 
So a lot of people are kind of trying to tr copy what people did in the early days on Amazon, which is just like jam pack all this information, almost like infographics into these photos. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't really think that's the way anymore. Um, you know, the, the, the marketplace changes. And so on those photos, we're really trying to just hit like big text, the main key points, storytelling stuff. If your product is, is simple, talk about your story, talk about why you built the brand, you know, upsell your other products if you can in some of those photos. Um, there's a million things you can do with them. If you just have a lifestyle photo with no call to action or no value proposition there, it's a wasted photo. No, it's not helping anyone buy. I can guarantee yeah. you that. So, um, starting with photo, and then we go to copy. And but just, you know and, and, and just a couple questions on photo. Yeah. Um, do you do you typically recommend adding video as well? Does that make a difference, or is that just kind of a case by case basis? I know if you have a thousand SKUs, getting video on a thousand SKUs is going to be really tricky. Well, no, I love video, and uh, thanks for bringing that up. I just think that most brands are not prepared for video. Right. Um, and general. And so I come back to video almost like when we've done like a phase one. Um, now, if they've got video, there's there's usually a simple ask that goes right up front. You know, that's just like, do you guys have video? Yeah. Um, if not, we'll, we'll recircle. Um, but I highly recommend video. Amazon is promoting video. If you, if you align yourself as an agency or a consultant or a brand to just buy into what Amazon is trying to do, uh, and when they push a new initiative, jump in, you know, uh, head first and try to figure it out, whether it's video, whether it's Amazon Post, whether it's Amazon Live, whether it's, you know, whatever the case might be. Uh, typically, I've, I've always found wins in that. So video, like you could probably go to my YouTube and find a couple year old video where I was just talking about how video is going to be huge on Amazon, um, you know, before it came out. And the brands that had videos ready to go for video ads, we crushed it before anyone yeah. else got up to yeah. speed. Um, yeah, sponsored brand video is just, it's still killer. Click-through rate is not as amazing. Yeah, it's not as amazing as it was when it first launched, but still fantastic off in the best performing ad. I think uh, Amazon dialed it back more so than just competitors getting into the space. I think mm -hmm. it was a little bit of both, like Amazon just giving amazing results early on. They played us a little bit, you know, um, <laughs> but the click-through rate is still fantastic. And if you are paying attention to those types of metrics on your listing, like how high is your conversion rate? Like, you know, those things matter to Amazon. Then the videos are the best because the click-through rate is, is fantastic. Um, Cool. But yes, video. And if you have a thousand SKUs, think outside the box. You don't have to have an individual product video for every single SKU. Yeah. You could have a brand video. A brand video. Yeah. So you, you load up on your best product photography and you got lifestyle and you got, you know, showing what's inside the box and just, you know, a variety of pictures. And then, yeah, have a brand video on there for those that want to see it and that really want to dig in deeper. That's a great Yeah. Idea. Could you sell your product with just the photos and video? If yes, you're doing a good job. If no, get back to the drawing board. Is how yeah. I kind of feel. The yeah. copy and everything else we do complements those things, um, but that's where customers are, are living today. Is you know photos and video and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of what the big brands are doing that's working is simply a strategy that has intentionality. Mm -hmm. um, they have intent on the keywords and the story they're trying to tell yeah. and the advertising that's backing it up, and it's all working together. And there's intent. I think um, even the brands doing lots of sales, it's, it's, it's honestly very rare nowadays that I have a full scope of team. When it was just me doing ads or simple things like that, there were some brands that were just already doing enough that they didn't need me. Um, now, a few years later, with our team being able to do storefronts and A-plus pages and, and advertising and SEO and international, you know, brand protection, all those things, it's very 
rare that I meet a brand or a manufacturer that's even crushing it that doesn't need some level of of marknology to help them out or another agency or an expert. You know, it's um, it's just whether it's too many, you need more hands. Uh, you simply just need more hands in there, more time, more people that, that know what they're doing to handle your store or, you know, your advertising is doing well, but is your advertising and the SEO or the, the keywords in your listing, are they mirrored? Do you have yeah. a strategy around that? Um, yeah. So, I mean, in summary, it's like focus, focus, focus on those product pages before yeah. you spend, before I spend anything of the brand's dollars on advertising, I want to make sure our pages are looking great. Yep. And let's say they have a thousand SKUs as they release five, I'll say, okay, let's start advertising on those five. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to lose their trust in spending endlessly. I want to get more ad budget, right? So if they give me $2,000 to start with and those $2,000 perform, I'm going to get $4,000. Sure. I'm going to get $6,000, sure. right? If I start with two and I'm like, oh, we learned some stuff. We need to really backpedal, get these listings up to speed and then try again. Um, I feel like as a consultant, as an agency owner, I'm doing them a disservice because I'm starting kind of on a bad foot. Yeah. Um, so we really start with the product pages. And I think if Amazon was on on this call or on this podcast, the right, the Zoom, they would say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they give you ad advice, they're saying, assuming that all these product detail pages are, right. are really yeah, that's the foundation. If that's not solid, you're you're gonna be wasting money, overpaying, underperforming with, with your ad uh, strategy, no doubt. So so then a couple of quick copy yeah. tips and ideas. Like I know, I know you, you talked about people just, just kind of loading up as many images as they could in the past. I know in the past also people would just load up the headline and the headline was like a paragraph basically. And then you had all kinds of crap and the uh, bullets and stuff. What, what, what does good copy look like now on Amazon from your opinion, in your opinion? Okay. Um, so it's just fine. It's kind of like a dance. Uh, it's a little bit of art, a little bit of science, you know, on our end, we are legitimately researching competitors listings. We run reverse lookups on them, which tells us what keywords they rank for. We are combing their reviews for customer feedback to see how we can be better. Um, we're using tools like Helium 10, Jungle Scout, Merchant Words, all of them, uh, you know, to kind of get a keyword base for the listings, like what keywords matter. And I'm not going to give my exact science because, um, you know, there's a little bit of art to that. But yeah. it's essentially finding keywords that have good search volume, not necessarily the highest, just good search volume, making sure they're extremely accurate to the product, um, meaning like, you know, sometimes you'll type in like, let's say red photo frame, and you'll see that a bunch of other listings come up, brown photo frame, black photo frames, blue photo frames. Um, in my opinion, that could be dialed in better, whether their ads are sloppy and they're broad or the SEO and the listing is just not as specific to say that it's a red photo frame. And so you're hurting yourself. So sure, you're getting more sessions, you're getting more traffic, but you're actually getting people that bounce off as well. And so it's like trying to get copy that's extremely relevant. I'll give like an example here. I think it's, I think it's worthwhile. Great. So yep. I'm launching two products for a brand um, and they're both baby products. Um, they're both photo frames. And um, one of them is like a, a 12 month like pictures of the baby for the first year of their life. And the other one is like a kit, um, baby handprint and footprint that goes in the photo frame. Okay. And the handprint and, and footprint photo frame, I can advertise on anything almost and it's getting sales. So what I mean by that is baby photo frame, infant photo frame, hand and foot, baby kit and infant gifts, newborn baby gifts, 
um, you know, you name it, right? So it's like broad appeal and it kind of crosses different categories and things like that. The other one, complete opposite. Okay. Now I'm not discouraged by that um, because sure, the other one can get more sales volume, et cetera, and all those kinds of things. It almost makes it harder though to dial in. So, you know, the other one, which is like a first year baby, um, if I just did like baby photo frame, it's not what people are looking for, um, right? So it needs something like first year or it needs like 12 months or it needs like first year of life or it needs like something very specific to what we're selling. And so if I just was going after photo frame or baby photo frame or infant photo frame in my copy of that first year, 12 month photo frame, for example, um, I would not be hitting the mark with accurate SEO, right? So that that's a, a, on the advertising side, it's the one that's telling me what's working and what's not, right? So the advertising is going to then dictate what I do in the copy to come back and revise it and get it more accurate and, and more dialed in. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I think that's, and that kind of goes back to something you said before where you're having this conversation to really understand the brand and the goals of the brand and the company and you're being very intentional and then also part of that is understanding the nature of a product, right? Because there are some of those products that really have pretty broad appeal and they're kind of cross categories. And then there are other products that's just, nope, it's very specific. This is a very niche product. And so, you know, we branch outside of these specific keywords and the specific frame. It, it doesn't do well. Yeah, I think one of the, one of a major hiccup to brands that, um, you know, and this space has grown. So like some of the understanding on the other side of who I'm working with has grown as well. And there's yeah. more understanding just in general, um, you know, but it was very often that I would have a brand or, or a, a client that would launch products and be successful early on one, because I kind of know what I'm doing uh, and we're taking guesses. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Um, but also some of those guesses would hit too early. And I almost wish they had, we had struck out three or four times and then hit gold on product number five or something because whenever they get it so easy the first time, they're expecting that to happen each time, <laughs> right? And in this example, you can see that like, I'm not discouraged by either, either product. Um, that just requires a different level of analysis and a different level of work and a longer ramp up time to get that product super dialed in and going. Um, and so some people would just launch a bunch of products and be like, give up on, on half of their products because they're like, they're not taking off because they had this kind of a pre-assumption of, of what it should do. Um, and those are the products like, that's why this, uh, if I can just like rant a little bit, like the wholesale game, the reseller game, um, you know, which are a lot of the people that put out a lot of Amazon content on YouTube on Instagram or whatever. Um, they're just finding hot products. They're finding those five hot that we're moving and trying to replicate yeah. those versus being the team that's going to make the bottom five kick ass. Yeah. You know? And so when, when you can dial both of them in, you feel like, well, I got the keys to the kingdom, so to yeah. speak. Um, and it's, it really comes down to SEO and advertising. So, you know, all those things we were talking about, the intentionality behind it is just like, if you have intentionality, that's usually what's missing. Um, not, not every brand's missing that, but a lot of them are kind of missing. We know what we're doing, but like, how do we pull it all in together where it's, you know, it's all helping, helping each channel or each part of Amazon is helping the next one. Yep. Totally makes sense. Love it. So uh, what about, what about um, uh, any other content on the product detail page? Uh, are, you, are you doing additional brand content? Is there other things you're thinking about kind of beyond copy and, and, and what, what are you Yeah. So um, I, I mentioned it briefly, but just went over it probably just speaking my terminology, a little tech speak too much, but a plus pages and storefronts. Um, I, Marknology is basically, 
I'm not sure that there's anyone we're working with that doesn't have a trademark, which gives you access to brand registry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, once we started understanding how all of this works, not having that felt like our hands were tied behind our backs. So, sure. um, you know, we, we can engage with a brand that doesn't have it and educate them on how to get there, but it has to be in the plan to get there. The storefronts and the A-plus pages, for anyone that doesn't know that's listening, are essentially like if you're on an Amazon listing and you see the brand name at the top, maybe it says like... Mark sold by Marknology or this is the Marknology product. You click on that and it would bring you through to like the store. It almost looks like a website. And then the A plus page is like where the description would be. But if you've ever bought anything on Amazon, which I'm sure everyone listening has, and you're scrolling through the listing to kind of get to the reviews, there's a, there's a description of the product. And sometimes it looks like a magazine article almost, like kind of a, a branded thing. And so what we're really trying to do is we're mixing what they're doing on their website to the storefront and trying to have cohesion here and really like have the same brand voice and brand messaging in both places. And then with the A plus page, more like dial into the product itself if possible. Um, Storytells, what are added values, anything that the first seven photos didn't cover, we want to cover here. Um, and then you can cross sell right there. So um, A plus pages give you a chance to kind of like compare your other products against each other, kind of like say like, this receiver has this and this receiver has these features and this receiver has these features. Um, and so you're just kind of like showing all of your products right there. It's one of the only spots in Amazon where you can, without a variation, jump to, um, you know, more products in the same person's store without yeah. leaving and going back to Amazon. So for brands, that's, that's absolutely huge. Um, when it comes to introducing maybe a new product or a product that's not selling as well, you can take your big product, show off your, your, your younger product or your underperforming product and really, really boost it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and we, we've had a lot of luck with A plus slash, you know, EBC enhanced print content. Uh, and, and, and there's a lot of improvements to be made there. You know, that, that's often a, an overlooked thing more overlooked than, than even photos and, and copy, probably less important too, you know, if, if it's more challenging. It's more you challenging. Need a, yeah. You need, you don't just need a photographer, you need a graphic designer that understands yep. layout. And a lot of brands are just smashing way too many keywords in there. And so our eyes, you know, if we're looking on a mobile phone or like, we just don't even read it. So if you get to a point where you're trying to keyword stuff, but no one can read your listing to understand the story you're trying to tell, you're wasting your time. Yeah. And I know a big challenge for Marknology was we probably really faced this about three years ago um, when we really started taking on this hurdle. But it was like, what do you do with brands that have 200 new SKUs a spring or a fall that all need A-plus pages? They all need updated on the storefront. Like it's a, it's a lot bigger undertaking. It'd be like creating 200 you know, individual landing pages on a website. Yep. yep. Um, you know, so that was a big challenge for us and we needed a bigger team to be able to handle brands of that size and, um, you know, really forced us to, to optimize our processes. Cool. Love it. All right. So we, we talked about, you know, maybe not all things PDP, but we went, we went deep. We talked about a lot of good stuff. So then, then where do you go from there? That is, that is it ads or, or what's kind of the next step for so, for? so we talked about ads and how it's helping me dial in those two new products. Like um, advertising is absolutely huge on Amazon. If you're not advertising, you're dropping the ball. There's no way that you're getting any feedback on the keywords you're using. Um, you're not able to dial in your conversion rates by, by getting the right traffic there. Um, it's a pay-to-play platform. And yep. sure, in the early days, maybe not, but it is now. And um, it's a very, very big part of the Amazon flywheel. But let's leave advertising there because I think there's a lot of people that talk about advertising in regards to Amazon. Because if you were in the PPC world, if you're in like advertising before Amazon came around, you have a lot of expertise. And so you jump into Amazon through the ad, through the ad 
um, platform. It's, it's, I think it's the third largest now, third largest it is, advertiser. It is, and it's growing like crazy. I mean, it's, it's over $20 billion in ad revenue in 2020, which is like the size of Facebook maybe four years ago. Like the, that's the size Twitch. of all of Facebook, and but this is just Amazon's ad revenue, which I is think, crazy. And it's growing. Think, it's still growing like, like a weed, you know? Something under the radar is the Twitch stuff. And I'm not completely into that. So if you yeah. get in there, you let me know. But Amazon acquired Twitch and Twitch has, there's more gamers than all pro, they have more viewers than all pro sports combined across mm. the world. So crazy. That is an insane stat. And, uh, you know, you can Google it, you can look me up, you can, you know, validate what I'm saying. But gamers now have more views and more eyeballs than every other pro sport or entertainment thing that we're watching combined. And that's crazy to me. Um, and that will at, at one point be included in Amazon advertising stats. So I wouldn't, ex I wouldn't, you know, suspect that they wouldn't pass maybe even YouTube or Facebook, um, depending on what happens, because, you know, another thing is, um, all this international expansion, which is really where Amazon's focus is now, um, and becoming global. And I want I'd like to talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind, what kind of some of yeah, these let's other do it. And just doing. one, one thing I'll chime in. So I, I don't know about catching Google and Facebook. We'll see. I mean, I would not like tell Jeff Bezos, you can't do something because well, he's gone now. He's gone. Right. So yeah. Yeah, that I think. And so the, the rumors I hear are that he just did that because he didn't want to sit in front of the Senate. So he's still like, he's still involved. He's the head chairman of the, the board or whatever. But yeah, he's not, he's not the CEO. Uh, but I think with, with some of the, some of the privacy, and I don't want to get off on a, on a tangent too much, but just a really quick note with all the privacy updates, right? So we got iOS 14. Uh, Google is saying now they're going to, they're going you know, to do away with third party cookies on browsers in 2022. There's just lots of things changing there. Really, the winner when those things happen is people that own first-party data, right? People that have data, and who has more shopper data than Am data than Amazon? Uh, nobody. And so, Amazon's ad platform, I see it being more and more relevant and more powerful as we move into this privacy-first web. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but yeah, the Amazon ad business going to be going to be uh, continue to be huge. And you're right; if you're not utilizing it you're missing out because it's, it's kind of a requirement. Yeah, like Bezos, um, you know, I, I've researched the guy. The You know, I've built a business around what he built. And so I've spent my time kind of trying to get into his mindset and what he was trying to do. And I, I have never talked to him, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, reading books, reading... Well, he's a listener. So if you have a, if you have a message, I'm sure he listens to this podcast. So you just quick shout out to Jeff if you want. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, he, he started with the books. Um, you know, to really get customer data and build customer profiles. And um, from the books, everything else has come out of it. So from the very, very, very beginning, customer uh, data and customer profiles has been his MO. Um, and so it's not hard to, to understand like that is the core okay. behind everything that we're doing. Um, okay. The difference is just that he hasn't given everybody else access to that personalization. Right, you know? right. which is really smart on his part for sure. So, okay, cool. Uh, let's uh, let's dive into, yeah, international expansion. Talk about that. That's Yeah, so I'm finding just a lot of wins. Um, I'm finding a lot of wins um, for, for my brands that are expanding and Amazon's making it easier and easier and giving tons of incentives. You know, I have one of my, my brands that we've grown 4X, 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 you know, and we're in the millions. So it's not like $4,000, you know, uh, yeah. and um, we're still growing like that on the U.S. And we're looking to expand to Canada and the EU and UK and Amazon's incentivizing us to do so. So giving us a rep, 
giving us, you know, paying for VAT, paying for the paperwork to get registered there. Um, and if you pay attention, like I said earlier, if you pay attention to what Amazon's trying to do, where they're putting their money, where they're putting their incentives, where they're bribing buyers and manufacturers to make moves, you can understand what direction they're heading pretty easily. Like put your ear to the ground, the old West ways and just hear the horses coming kind of thing, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not really that hard to kind of predict where Amazon wants to find wins. And um, I think that's where the opportunities lie. So that's a yeah. little nugget for anyone listening, but um, I think it totally makes sense. Cause if you think about how, I mean, how much more growth does Amazon have in the U S there's still growth, no doubt as, as more and more purchases move online. But if they want to keep the same rate of growth, that's going to, become impossible when you're just, you know, so huge in the U.S. So international expansion, it is, it is definitely the, the next. Massive, frontier. right? So it's, uh, it's understanding localization when it comes to translation. So a lot of people are getting that early push and using Google Translate. You know, the next level is get localization translation. So that's been a huge win for us. That's what some of the big brands are doing. It takes a lot of time to translate A-plus pages and get them all done. But if you imagine being an expert on Amazon, like let's say you're Andrew Morgans and you are launching a brand and you're doing it right when Amazon started instead of nine, yeah. 10 years later trying to get in the game or whatever as an expert. Like that's what, how I feel about international expansion. Um, you know, you're getting into these marketplaces before they blow up. And so there is some risk, there is some early mover risk there, you know. Um, but like Amazon Australia, for example, um, great to offset seasonality for a brand that has, you know, kind of a winter selling season or a barbecue selling season, for example, summertime. Use Amazon Australia, offset your seasonality. Um, you know, be smart about where you're going, obviously. Um, if you're selling foods like Amazon Singapore, Amazon Brazil, or uh, Amazon India, like what do those populations eat? Um, what are they missing? What are, you know, what are the expat communities in those communities eating? Like you could mm, literally great. just grow off yep. an expat community. Um, do they have those products in those countries or can we, can you be the first to bring them there? Um, you know, one of the biggest wins that I've found and we've been talking advertising is on the advertising side in those countries. Yeah. Um, it's it's a ground floor there too, right? I mean, it's probably dirt cheap, it, lots of inventory available. So you're, you're getting us. You know, when I launched in Australia for the first time, I honestly didn't think it was working because it was just charging me like $5 and I had everything dialed all the way up. And I, I was just like, is there not enough yeah. searches? Is the, are the ads not working? Whatever. It was just that the cost per click was literally pennies. Um, and so I was just like, am I not being charged? Like what's going on? That's how, that's how crazy it was. Um, but you know, it, the way that the platform works is as your listing gets sales under a keyword, like let's say it's uh, AirPods, Right. Every single time you get a click and a sale for AirPods case, your listing gets stronger and stronger and stronger. You should think about it like that. And so how, and then it becomes proactively, how, how can I get more, more of those so that I'm ranking even higher, higher, higher? Well, imagine going to another marketplace. You're the first one there. Instead of even having to pay for ads, or maybe you are paying for ads, every time someone types in AirPods case, you're the only one showing up. You are dominating. Um, so I know I'm pushing it kind of hard, but I really just think it's a huge opportunity when you have people like slugging it out in some competitive categories here in the U.S. Um, and I think there's like 18 marketplaces now across the world that Amazon is. Um, and as they add these programs like 
global export or global ASINs or, you know, um, you know, the programs where you can be in Canada and Mexico at the same time. Um, and in the EU, you're in all those marketplaces. Eventually, EU, US, Canada, um, Asia, for example, will all be unified, I think, under an Amazon, a kind of an Amazon umbrella if you're selling in all of those places and you'll be able to combine inventory and things like that. So um, for our brands, I'm always trying to be just a step ahead and try to help them prepare for what that would look like. Don't set yourself up in ways now that you won't be able to scale later if that happens. You know, things like having the same SKU naming conventions and simple things like that um, that just matter. Cool. Any any research tools or strategies you'd recommend for international? So if someone's listening and thinking, okay, I, I, I got to think more international. I got to get serious about it. Where should they research, explore? What, what should some of the first steps be? Well, I think they should try to, even I, even I like I used a, a, another agency to help launch one of my brands in Japan. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it myself. Um, they have, and then I took over. Once it's up and running, I can run it. And, um, you know, with my tools and different things like that. But I found a partner um, to help me do it. They understood. Like a partner in that, in that country. And that actually goes back, there's a great book that I read recently uh, called Who Not How. And 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 usually like the, the best answer is a who, not a how. And sometimes we're asking the wrong question. It's not how do you do this, but who could be helping help you, me do you figure this. out the how. Yeah, exactly. Like in some countries, you need to have a business license there. In some countries, you don't. Um, in some countries, you need to have VAT you know, or, or tax collection in other countries you don't. And Amazon's doing that automatically. So there's a little bit of nuances around that. I'm actually working with Amazon right now uh, on a guide, uh, partnering with Amazon on a guide on international expansion. So awesome. like, you know, awesome. what, what do sellers need to know? What are they, how they, can they compare, you know, things like that. Um, I want to get a but, digitally signed copy, Andrew, with your, with your mother. I don't think they're going to, I don't know if they'll even say Marknology helped <laughs> okay. at all. But, um, you know, we're, uh, we're an Amazon advertising partner, like a lot of, you know, a lot of agencies are that are in this space, but, um, this is one of the projects we're kind of giving feedback on and, and having some fun with. Um, but you talked about the tools and <clears throat> I love the tools, but I use the tools for like analyzing data and what to do with it and helping me run ads better. I rarely use the tools for like proof of market if that makes sense. Um, I'm just not the type. I don't need kind of all these answers to make a decision. And so I lead that way and I try not to, you know, but if you're doing it yourself and that's not your way. And I say that because if you've been doing this nine years and some people have even been doing it longer, there weren't a lot of brands in specific categories or niches at that time. So if you're doing research, you're going to come up with no one's here selling this. There's no one here selling men's high-end suspenders at $99 a pair. They're selling them at $9.99. I think Amazon is just a cheap marketplace. You've got wrong data. You miss an opportunity. You know, And so that happened to me lots of different times. Um, I've been the first to launch products before there were competitors to study or categories to study the movement. Um, and we were very successful. So I, I take, it is important to kind of see like, what is that market? What's that category doing in those marketplaces? Or like, is there potential for us to be there? But there's also, if you can, if you can shoulder it, if you can bear that burden or take that leap of faith, so to speak, there's a huge upside to be there first. Even if you have to kind of wait on that marketplace to grow in nature, I promise you if Amazon is launched there, they're not going away. Um, And if that marketplace gets below or slower than some of the others, they're going to push the crap out of it. So let them be pushing your brand while you're there early chilling. 
Yep. Yep. I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, this has been so good, man. Uh, great, great energy, great insights, just really, really fun. And so as people are listening, obviously I think they got a pretty good picture of, of what Marknology does, but, but talk about that really quickly. Where can people learn more? What are kind of the first steps? Yeah. And then curious if you have any, any resources you'd recommend to. Totally. Um, you know, we are on the web. Marknology is a made up word, M-A-R-K-N-O-L-O-G-Y, just e-commerce kind of being in the middle of marketing and technology. Um, I just didn't really want to pay for an expensive domain. So uh, I was, I was poor back then. Um, but if you search Marknology, you know, a lot of resources come up because we're the only one. Um, but, you know, everything from YouTube, you can find us on YouTube at Marknology. You can find us, uh, I'm, I have my own podcast, uh, Startup Hustle. I'm on Tuesdays. I cover all things e-commerce and Amazon. I would love to have you tune in there. Uh, bring a lot of guests on just like yourself here. Yeah. Um, we just talk, we were talking YouTube on that episode a lot. Um, you know, so covering all things e-commerce, really. I'm on Instagram at Andrew Morgans. I love connecting on Instagram. It's kind of one of my, my, uh, organic platforms that I started on a few years ago. So I'm very comfortable there. Um, but, you know, on YouTube, on marknology.com, you can find more information on us. We got customer testimonials. We've got some of our case studies that we've done there. We've got who are we and kind of meet the team. Um, I really built a site for people to just get to know us. That's kind of what my site does. Um, and, you know, we, we essentially are a full service Amazon agency. So everything from logistics to international expansion strategy, proactive strategies, um, product optimization, helping people get unsuspended when their accounts are suspended, brand protection. Um, you know, we, we run the gambit. So if you're needing help on Amazon, um, you know, we're not for people that kind of don't have a brand story or don't have a brand put together anymore. We're really looking for brands that have a story they want to tell and we want to help them tell that story. Um, you know, there's just not enough money in the world to have me just keep giving my energy to brands that yeah, yeah. don't exist yet, you know? So okay. I'm having to draw a line there, but um, I still love doing that, doing some of that on my own. But if you're a, you're a brand that has a product that's ready to be on Amazon or be in the e-commerce space, um, even if you're not and you just want to chat, um, happy to get on a call with, with people interested in the Amazon space and just kind of talk about, um, you know, what that roadmap looks like for your brand. We take, uh, you know, we work a lot with manufacturers that have never been in e-commerce before yeah. um, and helping them get get into the Amazon space, uh, the e-commerce space. And we also help brands that have been digitally for, digital first from the beginning. So cool. Um, cool. kind of run the gambit. Love it, man. Really good stuff. So I will link to everything in the show notes, marknology.com. Also, your YouTube channel and, and Instagram. And yes, check out Startup Hustle. Look for the episode with me. Uh, it was a ton of fun. You're a great podcast host, obviously. And that's, I think, partially why you're a great podcast guest as well, because you've been on the other side, which is super fun. And so, y'all yeah, linked everything. Check out Andrew Morgan's with that, man. Thanks again, dude. This has been a ton of fun. Thanks, Brett. I'll see you next time. Awesome. Sounds good. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear feedback. What would you like to hear more of? What are some topic ideas? Uh, what's going on in your world? We'd love to connect uh, with you either on our, our Facebook page or, or through the website at omgcommerce.com. Uh, and as always, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, 
if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.